Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Tingles Podcast. For full versions of the songs featured on this show, please find a link in the liner notes to our Tingles episode Spotify playlist, where all the tracks are featured in order of their appearance. Welcome to the Tingles, the musical game show podcast where two self-proclaimed musical experts, myself, Bob Mills, and my brother from another mother, Mike McDonald, hello, judge the stories of songs that give our contestants the warm fuzzies, the nostalgic shivers, the adrenaline advantage, the somber slap, sensual sensation. Okay, Bob, I think we get the point. On this week's episode, double drummer extraordinaire Adam Nimmo meets the man with the golden stash, Jimmy Nursey, in a quest for musical fan superiority. Coming up on this week's episode. You got five, you got five, you got five. All right, we got five for the tank, we got five for the herb, we got great music to listen to. He can't even speak English. He yells into my ear, thank you, and I yell into his ear, no, thank you. Which songs will make us all tingly and feel goody and get added to our playlist? And which songs will face the dreaded thumbs down? Find out on this week's episode of The Tingles. Welcome, everybody. This is The Tingles. Uh, I am your co-host, Bob Mills, and my other co-host, my brother from another mother, Michael McDonald. Michael, how are you? Happy New Year. I'm very good. It is a happy new year. It's 2021. It can't get any worse than 2020. It doesn't have a lot to live up to, really, 2021. But that's okay. We're not going to focus on that stuff. We're going to move on to the good stuff, which is music. But I think, actually, the other good stuff is us. We had a huge, huge year in 2020. <laughs> we are good stuff, everyone. We're good stuff. We're hot stuff. Yeah, we're, we're hot Bob's stuff. Bob's got his polo sport on. I can smell it <laughs> yeah. in here. I smell good. I was going through all my old... Uh, my old stuff. Uh, my parents have these these cases of of things that they finally gave to me, and I found all my old cologne from high school. So if you can smell it through this microphone, um, I am smelling really good. I got polo uh, sport on. I got an obsession for men. Like I mean, all the things that you want to smell in high school. <laughs> if you're you're at a high school dance with me, they're a veritable bouquet of smells. What's different about 2021? What are we going to do differently this year? Uh, because maybe I think I'm selfishly sort of tired of looking for tingles tracks myself. Uh, so we sort of need help, don't we? We want to hear what other people, what music turns them on, what music gives them the feels. We're here to um, basically judge everybody else's musical tastes and uh, decide if what they're listening to is going to do it for us as well. And some of the stuff may get added to our playlists and some of it might not. But you know, at the end of the day, if my playlist grows and I can go to a party and make myself sound smart while I'm sitting there with my roll neck sweater and my scotch uh, swirling <laughs> my drink and saying, oh, yes, uh, I go way back with this particular artist. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's all good, you know. I think it's not about, you know, these songs aren't about making um, yourself look cool, right? It's It's not about like impressing the cool kids right i mean i think maybe last year we got sucked into a little bit of that because the producer would come on and we'd be like oh <laughs> fuck the producers here <laughs> so we got to be really careful yeah. and make sure that we play something cool right so it's not so much about that it's about it's about the emotion and the feels right it, it it's not it's not about um you know that trendy artist that nobody's ever heard because it's a it's about you know making sure that somebody comes away with tears in their eyes or that they're a blubbering mess by the end of the song. I mean, that's that's the premise of the tingles. Right on. Yeah, that's exactly what we're going for. 
We're going to have two guests on each show, right? And they're going to come on and what they're going to play is three songs, I believe, right? And we're going to judge those three individual songs. And the person with the most upvotes gets rewarded with a fourth song. I mean, that's a pretty poor reward. You'd think that they would get more. If we get some traction, we'll start giving away fabulous swag. And we're always looking for great people to be on our show. If you think you have what it takes to give us the tingles, uh, reach out to us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Tingles FM. And Mike, what else are we looking for? You can rate our show and review our show wherever you listen to this podcast. Five stars only, right? Five stars only. That's we right. don't accept anything less? No, we have it set to filter anything less than five. Uh, <laughs> okay, good, good. That's going to keep our ratings really, really high. We've got two wonderful human beings here with us tonight. We've got a guy named Adam Nimmo and Jimmy Nursey, and I'm going to give you their bios. First of all, both of these guys would be on the Nice Guys Club. I've talked about the Nice Guys Club before, Mike. You haven't quite made it on yet, but no. my Nice Guys list is an important list in this city, and both of these guys would be on it. Adam? I had the pleasure of working with, uh, and I've witnessed his ability as a drummer as he laid down a bunch of drum tracks for my yet-to-be-completed solo EP. Uh, Adam uh, toured extensively with uh, arts and crafts band Most Serene Republic back in his 20s. So he's, uh, he's definitely got a deep music background, and he's also still playing on Canadian stages with other great bands, uh, all while being an awesome daddy in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia to his, his lovely little girl. Uh, he's the, also the host and creator of a YouTube show, Drummer to Drummer, where he interviews and double drums. Adam, you can explain what double drumming is in a second, with other awesome drummers with bands from July Talk, Tokyo Police Club, and American Football. This family man moved from Toronto to Nova Scotia five years ago and says it's the best decision he's ever made. Adam, welcome to the show this evening. Thank you for having me. What is double drumming? Uh, it's drumming at the same time as another person facing each other. And that's about it. Do you try to beat each other? Like, is it a, is a, is a competition? It's really hard because I don't ever want to take that approach because when I'm playing with other drummers in, who are a lot better than me and are in really good bands, I don't ever want to think that I could ever beat them. So I just kind of look to compliment them, which my days of touring as a drummer, I never did that. I was always really way too flashy. So I get to take a little bit of a backseat, which is a lot of fun because I've never really done it and let them kind of do their thing. I find it hard to believe that there's anybody that's that much better than you because I've seen you play and, uh, and, and you are good. So um, you are a humble man. Uh, that's, that's wonderful. Well, uh, welcome to the show again. And, uh, and you're going up against... Um, another wonderful human being, Jimmy Nursey. Jimmy is a towering figure uh, and grew up in the lovely community of Beaver Bank, Nova Scotia. So close by, Jimmy. That's right. Well, relatively. Uh, along with sporting one of the best mustaches, which has been trimmed down a little bit uh, in the business, he has a knowledge of great music. And I would often take your ideas, Jimmy, and pawn them off as my own. After seeing you at a party, you'd give me a couple songs. I'd be like putting that one in the bank and I would bring it out and, and, and pawn it off as my own. How does that it make probably appeared on the show actually probably. as, Hey, I heard this great song. I discovered this great artist. There's a wonderful, wonderful chance that that's happened. And, um, Jimmy, you also were constantly making me jealous with trips to Coachella, right? <laughs> yeah. How many, how many trips to Coachella did you take? Uh, like Booker T I was a five time, uh, five champion time. five time. Was it five, five years in a row? 
Well, I was five in a row, uh, four with the same buddy of mine. Uh, and the, f- the first year was with uh, an ex-girlfriend who uh, really kind of grabbed the uh, the wheel on that trip. I wasn't able to get my fingers clicking quick enough because you have to be really fast to try and get uh, get tickets to, to that show. So five years in a row. And what was like, was there a highlight year that you were there? Uh, you know, I, I mean, it's, they kind of all blend together. Uh, you know, this band played on that night, that band played on this night. Um, I guess the thing that sticks out f- for me is watching Jurassic five. Oh, wow. Uh, it was such an, uh, in, like an entertaining show from start to finish, uh, new Mark and, um, oh, rats, what's the other DJ? Um, it's escapes my mind right now, but, uh, they had, a, they had a, they had a, like a head to head, uh, tuna was amazing. Like the show was, they were just all in, uh, our good friend, uh, Mike Keating uh, yeah, joined yeah, us Mike, yeah. for that event. And, uh, maybe Mike would agree. Maybe not. I don't know. There was just so many amazing shows over that period of time that, you know, uh, the first time seeing sleigh bells was pretty cool. Oh, they yeah, had the, yeah, the place was absolutely sideways for that show. So, you know, I, again, I could pick several and say this was the best, that was the best, this was amazing. Charles Bradley, we're on drugs, Radiohead, you know, again, pick one of many, 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 many. Yeah, and, and I so I've only ever been to like one true festival like that, and it was um, Lollapalooza in, in uh, Chicago. And what struck me even in that one small experience was the side stages. And so you'd be walking from main stage to the other main stage and you'd walk by the side stage. And that's when we, like, we ran into hot chip and hot chip was like completely out of control. It was so good. And that was the best part of the, the, the whole concert. Right. So it's not always the headliners. Cut copy. Uh, there's yeah. another one, like in that stage, you couldn't staple someone to the floor. Like you, it was crazy. Jimmy's a Detroit Red Wings fan and you'll often find him walking around the city with your dogs and you, you mentioned three dogs, I think, but you, I only have met two. One's um, a Chihuahua Boston Terrier mix. Uh, that's right. Tiny. And the other is a great Dane and they're named David and Goliath, right? That's, that's right. Yeah, exactly. But there are only two. There's only two. Okay. Well, right. yeah, there's only room for two because of those dogs. I now have a dog. Uh, anyways, let's get, let's get to it. Uh, welcome to the show guys. This is, uh, this is Nimmo versus Nursi. T- tonight. We're going to, we're going to give the honors to, uh, to Jimmy, Jimmy, you're up for song number one on our first versus episode of the tingles. Yeah. Let me say this is a pleasure and, uh, I have no musical acumen whatsoever. I can't play any instruments, but I sur- certainly do know what I like to listen to. So that's kind of where things are coming from for me. Um, this one's going to seem like shoot fish in a barrel because it's just somewhat serendipitous that you've got a uh, tack album cover sitting in front on the, uh, on the Spotify list. Um, so I'll get, try and get right to it. I'm going to go with a song from my ultimate favorite band of all time, which is the Cigarros. Um, I was introduced uh, to Cigarros by uh, Dave Bookman. Uh, who was a you know, radio DJ for Edge 102 in Toronto uh, years and years and years ago. Dave Bookman, I believe, is past now. He's no longer with us. Um, and he used to have a show. I can't remember the name. It was Bookie something or other. And he was talking about the new newest album from Cigarros, which was the uh, parentheses, Two Halves album. And they had released it and they were touring. I had just missed a show in Toronto as I'm listening to him talk about how amazing this band is. And uh, so I'm, I'm just very captivated at, at what I've just missed. And so I start to kind of go through the, um, 
the motions of learning about uh, this amazing band that no one knows anything about but can only say great things about. So uh, I find uh, the H.T. Esperian. Uh, so anyone want to correct me on the pronunciation of that album? Uh, that's great. Um, but uh, Knee Battery is... Uh, I, I would do a song. terrible job at that. I've got, <laughs> I can't pronounce any of it, but yes, I know which one you mean. Okay, well, it's got the amazing uh, Alien Baby on the front. And, yes, uh, yeah. Uh, Stephen, so, Lee, Stephen Lee Engler or whatever is is a yeah a classic. That's yeah absolutely yeah that's a, that's a great track that one I'm going to um, uh, move uh, over and go right to Knee Battery which is one of the mid uh, mid uh, album songs. That song for me I guess is is probably like I guess the quintessential Sigurós sound which is a, a building amazing uh, collection of of different sounds and I, I can't even you know. Um, some of them are spoons, some of them are drums, some of them are trash can covers, some of them are baby soothers. Like who knows what sounds they're actually creating this amazing music with. But when I heard this song, um, all seven, almost eight minutes of it, um, I was taken immediately. And um, this one is definitely one of my all-time favorites. Jimmy, that is your first pick of the night. Talk us through it. Any additional notes you want to you want to talk about? Well, just you know, after hearing several people on the show previously uh, dance around the idea of cigarettes and having them on, I, I needed to come with something. I just had to do it. Uh, and sorry for the background noise. That's my hey, puppy. It's all good, yeah. puppy. No, he's, he's um, listening <laughs> to cigarettes too. He's yeah, singing along. Exactly. <laughs> Very good. So, I mean, that just like when you combine everything that they do, the brass, the strings, you throw Yonji's uh, voice in there. That's unlike any other voice out there. Uh, they're slow build. It's super aggressive all the way through the middle. And then it calms you back down at the end. I mean, it's, it's sort of a nice way to like, I spent a lot of time by myself um, prior to isolation uh, prior to COVID, all that stuff. I mean, I'm just, I find uh, solace in being on my own. And that sound um, has been something that I've just always really enjoyed. And that song has it all. It's got, uh, it's got the highs, it's got the aggression. It's got, uh, again, Jonesy's voice is just something else. And um, I just, that one for me sticks out, out of all their, their songs in their catalog. I love Seager Rose. I saw Seager Rose, I think on five separate occasions when tack came out and every every time it was like in incredible they'd play behind a sheet uh for the at least the first i think half of the show uh and then there'd be a light projecting them and these are all you know pretty small like icelandic dudes and they would be projecting themselves onto the sheet to make it look massive and you know he'd play with the big bow on his guitar and like they're just there's something about them. And, and you could have played that song. You could have played another like 15 Seager Rose songs that are all, all sound like Seager Rose, but are so beautiful. Um, and this is a really haunting one. I can see, I can, I can hear this, the like sort of isolation in this, in this one um, with sort of that repeating baseline and all that stuff. Anyways, it's there's a, a quiver. There's a quiver in one of the horns. 
that happens. I don't, I can't remember exactly which point, but that to me, you know, I, I haven't come unglued right now, but anytime I'm, you know, you know, in my own world, in my own mind, that hearing that quiver, that's pretty much, that's you, know, moment. Uh, you won't hear from me for another seven minutes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, dude. Uh, and, and I, it, it, you mentioned the horns too. There's like a smokiness and like a, like the woodwinds and like, you're just, it's just, there's so much in it. Uh, yeah. uh, beautiful. It's a thumbs up for me for sure. Adam, what did you think of that? Okay. I have a few things here. Um, nurse, goes swings for the fences right away. <laughs> I could, I, I waffled over, 11 cigarette songs and I think seven Yonsei songs because everything that that man touches is absolute gold. And uh, I'm probably 3.5 million views on YouTube of that concert series that Yonsei did with the huge theatrics and the big light show. And like, I just sit there crying. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable what that meant. I always say that he's the soundtrack to Iceland. Um, they are the soundtrack to Iceland, but just his voice is so haunting and beautiful and perfect. And, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more that this band needs to be a part of this series. Uh, I could go on for hours about this band. So, uh, I think if I were to have a vote, it would probably make the playlist. Love it. Love it. Yeah. And you know what? The soundtrack of Iceland is that's yeah, you're totally right. And, and I think they are. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll say when we were having our introductions earlier uh, off uh, offline, I, I kind of knew it was just there was too much talk. There's too much discussion. Uh, it had to come out, uh, and I figure I'd lead with that one. So, great choice, Mike. It's, it's out there now, and we all feel relieved for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. finally somebody's played the eight minute song. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> finally somebody's got the got that out there. Uh, I really like that song as well. Um, I. I'm trying to remember, and during the course of that song, because I had eight minutes to think about it, um, when I first kind of got into Cigarose, and I, I think it was back in the, would have been probably late 90s, because uh, where I was working at the time, we actually had a, uh, and don't tell anybody, we had a dedicated um, Napster server God to help us guys. You, set up a you were one of them. And so everybody, well, not everybody, but there were a group of us that would download songs. And kind of at the end of the day, before I leave, I'd, I'd go on and I'd set a bunch of songs to download overnight. And when I come in in the morning, they'd be there. And sometimes it was like, you'd, you'd pick a song and, and uh, I think it was actually Sugar Cubes, which is uh, Bjork's old band. And uh, they, uh, so in the course of downloading that their song or one of their songs, uh, a number of other artists, similar artists come up uh, in the list and I selected um, Sigur Ross and, and um, that was choice. probably the first time I heard them. And uh, I, I always liked their music. Um, I guess the only thing for me with them is part of my experience with music is the lyrics. So sometimes whether it's, I want to sing along to the song out louder in my head, or there's something about the lyrics that kind of touches Preferably you. Preferably it should be yeah preferably yeah if you've heard me sing preferably <laughs> in my head um so so for me that's maybe the one thing that's missing the music is great and the atmosphere of the music is great and you don't always need the lyrics but i think in some cases for me it would be you know if if, if i knew in some cases what they were singing because a lot of times you can go out and google translations of some of the songs or a loose translation of it but it doesn't always translate very well so um but anyway it's it's one of those things where 
I, I really like that song. Love the band. That would be the only knock as in, in general of Cigarose for me is if, if I knew what they were saying, mm. maybe if I go and live in Iceland or learn, what is it? Uh, Hoplandic? Hoplandic? Yeah. Hoplandic? Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, it would, I would even appreciate it more because I find I'll listen to them for a little while. I'll listen to an album, really like it, but then I put them aside for a bit. And then now hearing this again, it's like, I, I better go back and listen to some of the, it's got me in the mood to listen to them again, basically. So long story short, I'm going to give that a thumbs up as well. Uh, just a quick item to what did you think of the percussion in that song? I don't know if you watched my head, but it went like that when it started. <laughs> yeah. It just, it's, it's exactly where you want it to happen. You know what I mean? It, it's like, please, just please happen there. And then it comes in and you just think, oh, my God, because you know what? That drummer is so subtle and he does so like he doesn't even yeah. have a bell on his ride. And the bell on the ride is how I like made a career as a drummer. And to be able to like play what he plays with brushes or with mallets or without a bell on the ride. And he just makes poetry on drums. It's just it's so perfect. And everything he does is perfect, especially in that song. Yeah, he's he's amazing in that. Actually, there there. I think the the symbol in that was they found on the street of driven river. over several times. Driven over oh, several really? times. Yeah. So perfect. Well, it's crazy. Like you, we've all seen them play, and yeah. not to drag this on, but just we've all seen them play, and to see a string of rusty utensils. Yeah. Uh, to see like you know um, an old bicycle tire or wheel that's missing all of its spokes, but somehow creates an amazing sound. Like it's just, it's something else really. Yeah. Incredible stuff. Big thumbs up for the first song of the evening. Here we go. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. I'm feeling emotional. All right, here we go. Uh, Adam, what are you going to do, man? You got somebody playing like, you know, the shit that you like. So how's this going to go? Okay. So, um, I'm going with a pretty intense banger as my first pick. Um, nice. one of my favorite bands of all time is a band called Cursive and Cursive had a record called the ugly organ. And I, I literally picked this song right as I was signing on to this call. Um, because I just thought, is it, does it fit? I don't know, but everything that I'm picking tonight has kind of, well, two of the three songs that I'm picking tonight, um, take me to a place in my life an actual physical location in my life. And the song I'm picking, which I could pick this entire record is called a gentleman caller. The lyrics of this song throughout most of the song are not very, are not very nice. Tim Casher's experience with his ex-wife was very intense and it was documented in the ugly organ and things got messy, but at the, so let me take you to a place. So Most Serene, the Most Serene Republic is on a tour in the Rocky Mountains in 2005. And we're driving through Lake Louise and we stop in Lake Louise and everything's beautiful. And then all of a sudden a blizzard starts, but we need to get to Revelstoke to be able to make our show in Vancouver the next day. So we need to sleep because we have a a 10 a.m. load in because we're on a metric tour and they had two shows in one day. So we had to be to the Commodore at noon. So we just drove through the night, but we hit this blizzard because we got cocky and we like we're just living it up in lake louise so brad dingle our tour manager and i are in the front seat he's driving i'm in the passenger seat and this blizzard starts hitting us so hard it's the worst blizzard i've ever experienced in my life and anybody who's driven through the rocky mountains knows that once you hit the coquihalas it's straight cliff to your death and we couldn't see a meter in front of us and giant mac trucks were going right 
past us going the other way, going really hard, really fast. So we were just sticking to the rumble strips in the middle of the road. So uh, that was the moment. That was probably one of the only moments in my life where I thought I'm for sure going to die. Cause we had no, we had no way out. We ended up hitting this, this break in the storm and we got to be able to make a phone call in field BC. They didn't even have an internet connection. It was so small. Anyways, that story, that thing happened and we we're all really shaken up. So we go and we play our shows in Vancouver, we go do the West coast and then we're coming back. And when I am on our way back, going through the interior of BC and we're just about going through another snowstorm and it's just bad again. And we're, everyone's still really shell-shocked from it. Gentleman caller is playing in the background with Brad in the driver's seat and me in the passenger seat, just like when it happened. And, um, I didn't even realize it was kind of subliminally happening in my subconscious and the ending of this song, which I'll get the lyrics up. I don't want to, I don't want to make them wrong. Um, the lyrics of this song at this point, we're going over a crest in a blizzard as the lyrics, but in the morning on the silver dawn of Sunday, you're not sure what you've done. And then it keeps going. It keeps going. It's going, going. Whatever you need to make you feel like you can move on behind the wheel. The sunrise is just over that hill. The worst is over. And you're going to hear it in this song. And it's a really intense starting to the song, but then it gets really heavy in the ending. And right as that the worst is over, we went over a crest and the moon, the brightest moon I've ever seen in my entire life is clear sky, bright moon. And we were safe and we made it to Calgary and everything was good. So I went from feeling like I was going to die to like, I was listening to this song, Brad and I were like holding hands. I had tears running down my face and I thought, holy shit, we, we did it. And, and just, and I, so a little side topic, a side conversation to that. I go and I see cursive at the horseshoe tavern in Toronto and Matt McGinn, their bass player. I, I just go and talk to each and every one of them because I just love that band so much. I go up to Matt. First thing I say, is that story exactly how I told it to you. I told it to him. He just finished a set. He doesn't want to talk to me at all. And then I told him the story and he just gives me a giant bear hug. And he says, thank you so much for telling me that story. And then I went on that night to email them and say, Hey, if you ever need a touring drummer, I'm available. <laughs> and they had a drummer. I don't know why I asked that. Um, but uh, I just love that band so much. I just needed to be a part of them. So it, it's a very cool memory and also very scary memory. So whenever I hear that song, it takes me right back to that spot where things could have gone a little bit different. Man, I got to hear the song. Yeah, I got to hear uh, the song now. Great story. Here we go. A Gentleman Caller by Cursive. Whatever you need to make you feel Like you've been the one behind the wheel The sunrise is just over that hill The worst is over Whatever I said to make you feel that loves the religion of the weak This morning we love like weaklings The worst is over Oh man, okay, that, yes, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna reserve judgment It's going, it's going over to you, Jimmy What do you think, man? Yeah, you know, I mean, the story alone is uh, is really kind of getting it for me in a way I mean, after, like you said, I'm listening to the lyrics and hearing uh, you know, uh, the, the point in time, you know, you're, you're living through your, your worst nightmare and all of a sudden, you know, the, the sky kind of, uh, shows you a different story as you crest the hill and you kind of get through it. And, uh, I, I did, uh, you know, I had a palette for emo post hardcore, you know, with like dashboard confessional, sunny day, real estate sort of, 
um, band uh, sort of uh, vintage. And uh, yeah, I do like that song. And I didn't really know much about cursive. Of course, you know, you have to poke around a little bit to get a few, to, you know, a few uh, points on them. But uh, yeah, I like the song. I enjoyed the story. Just a thumbs up from this guy. Don't get too cocky there, Jimmy. Your thumbs up don't count. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just keep it. Just keep it clear there. I'm only, I'm only kidding, of course. Um, well, I do have to say that uh, the first part of the song, I was like, okay, where is this going? And then the song changes completely in that in that uh, moment. And I can certainly see how the song. It was almost as if you were recording a music video for that song. You're going through the storm, and the music's kind of all over the place, and there's chaos, and the and the Lyrics are very uh, almost heartfelt, like you can feel the emotion in his voice. And then everything kind of clears and, and the strings come in, the cello comes in and, and uh, the vocals uh, relax a little bit. Uh, music relaxes. And I have to say, I, I did actually get the tingles as soon as it kind of came into that part of the song. It was, it was great. Um, definitely going to add that to my playlist. Um, Similar to Jimmy, I, I hadn't heard of a lot of cursive before. I remember uh, a few years ago, I had a, a new vehicle and it came with XM radio free for so many months. And some of the channels on there, uh, like, uh, oh, there was like uh, uh, Modern Rock. I can't remember the exact name of the channel, but anyway, they would sometimes play cursive and I'd sort of catch bits and pieces of their songs, but I've never really sat down and listened to say, certainly not a full album, but uh, I don't know that I have any of their songs on my playlist, but this is going to go on there for sure. And I'm going to check out more of their music because I really liked uh, that song and the, and the transition from that chaos and the noise to that, just that uh, soothing ending, because I think we've all been in scenarios similar to what Jimmy said, where you can, you can almost picture a scenario in your mind where you've been in a scenario, a situation where, um, you, you are in a kind of a state of chaos and then you, you just have that sunshine at the end of the day type of thing. So everything will be okay. So that's a thumbs up um, for me, for sure. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, I was, when it first started playing, I was semi uncomfortable. Like that, that sound isn't the space <laughs> that I play in. Like it's, it's, it, it hasn't been, but there is bands that have risen to sort of the top of my my listening uh, experience like the Mars Volta or Deftones or just like, and, and I think what I heard in this and at least the beginning part was the drumming and like the intricate drumming and like the really like, you know, out of tune stuff, but that felt really interesting and tense, like really tense. And then it comes out to this beautiful moment. So beautiful that I was like, fuck, please keep going. Please keep going. It was like three minutes and 18 seconds. I was like, can they kick in again? Cause I'd really like it if they kicked in again. So um, it's only three minutes and 18 seconds, right? It's like, it's, it's pretty, but you feel like you've traveled a long way in that song, which is really, really cool. Um, I was a little worried they were going to do that whole hard, quiet, hard and come in hard again at the end. And that would have ruined it for me. If it, had they yeah, done that. I yeah. think the way they just allowed that to play out uh, was, was perfect. hundred percent. I mean, now, now I'm like, I want to go listen to it again. So yeah. um yeah, dude, that's a that's a great pick, and I, I feel Excellent. like it's really um, not somewhere I would have gone. So I can't wait to brag about it with my friends that yeah. don't listen to the show. Be like, man, have you heard this band? Yeah, Check this band out called Cursive. You're gonna really like this. These guys. <laughs> I believe it's pronounced Cursive. <laughs> yeah, cursive. I found it when I was digging in the bins one day. You know, it's a, it's a real classic. I dude, I, I'm serious. I fucking loved it. I did get the tingles. Uh, so. It's getting a big thumbs up. When you feel a tear in your eye, 
Then it's okay, it's okay to cry. Quick question, okay, to both of you guys. How do you guys consume your music? Like, where do you find it? What is it that, that um, you know, I think, you know, the days of like looking in magazines and reading reviews uh, in different places, like what is what is it that you guys go to consistently to find the, the new stuff that's going to hit you? Or do you find yourself always going back to the old stuff that, that was big in a certain period? Uh, so there's been a few serious uh, radio references made. Uh, I've been a super long time uh, XM uh, participant. I've, uh, you know, I've had a, in my car forever. I, I, you know, used to drive around the Mer- or the Atlantic provinces for work. So it was by myself a lot. So having satellite radio was awesome. Serious boredom is a, is a program that Patrick Carney actually does once a month. So he's got a pretty broad spectrum. He'll play a bunch of stuff that, you know, had, you know, uh, never been released, uh, bands that, you know, he's, uh, listened to in his garage, uh, before the black keys, uh, blog radio is another place that I get music. Um, a lot of uh, five days a week on uh, Sirius XMU, another, like I said, pr- uh, station program. They've got uh, DJs that come on for two hours a night and they play, again, a vast uh, array of new releases, old stuff, things that were, you know, I've got two inches of dust on it. Uh, I've picked up a lot of really cr- great um new to me old established bands that i never would have listened to or heard otherwise but uh, you know they play the one track and you go oh my god i gotta i gotta start flipping so cool how about you how about you uh adam uh you know <clears throat> i'm a big cbc2 fan yeah. in nova scotia so um i listen to a lot of that uh not only this type of music but all or, and the in the indie rocket uh, with with turf ride but also you know like the classical that'll be on in the late mornings and that that I find that calms me down so that's a good outlet for me although I don't agree with the profitability structure for Spotify I do have a Spotify account and I do really like the um I do really like playing playlists based on things that I like because I found recently that uh there are a lot of bands that I didn't know existed or I forgot existed and put me in a place where I want to be. So I, I think, you know, my cool days of going to the record store are over. I know that. I loved going to the record store. I love picking up vinyl. I still have vinyl. Nothing is better than putting on a record. And I wish I could do that more. But for the time being, while I have a five-year-old, once she's in college, I'll go back to record stores. Once you stop but, putting money away for her college fund. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's her fault. it's all their fault um but yeah until then i i i find uh you know that spotify i i I didn't realize how big of a frank sinatra fan i was but i can listen to frank sinatra and then i can listen to the used and then i can listen to meditation music and then i can listen to death from above you know it's it's a it just gives me a well-rounded experience so answer your question the longest way possible that's how i consume it that's great. That's those are good. Those are good answers. Hey, mom and dad, your kids are thirsty and nothing is going to satisfy them like the unique mixture of apricot, prune, orange pulp, and canola oil found in every glass of beep. And with just two thirds of a cup of sugar per liter, we know that for your house, it's gonna be beep. So, Bob, what's this break for exactly? Well, Mike, in addition to advertising other fine establishments, the producers told us we need to advertise ourselves. 
Oh, okay. So it's shameless self-promotion time. Exactly, Mike. Exactly. Well, then the most important thing you as a listener can do for us is to subscribe to our podcast channel, rate it, and convince other music fans to listen and do the same. And follow us at The Tingles FM on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you think you have what it takes to compete on The Tingles... What is that exactly, Mike? That would be an obsession with music. And of course, some songs that you think people need to hear that we can then pawn off as our own. Ah, uh, yes, but you shouldn't tell them that. Send us a message and tell us why you want to go some rounds in The Tingles Ring. Oh, I like that. Hit us with your best shot, right? Very clever musical reference, Bob. Now back to the show. Shameless self-promotion time. Over. Uh, okay, um, Jimmy, uh, listen, I don't know if you can follow up a beep commercial, but uh, let's see <laughs> Let's see what you can do. You got song number two of the evening. So this song, um, well, this band, I'll give you the, the, the scoop for me. Uh, this band started in Halifax, which is quite cool. Um, it is a very uh, seldom heard, seldom uh, known band called Magical Clouds. Um, they, uh, yeah, were founded here in Halifax. Devin Welsh, the lead singer, is um, was going to NASCAD, uh, had a really, um, you know, eclectic pers persona perspective, um, you know, created a lot of music sort of to himself. Uh, and then I think when he found the right partners, uh, a couple of guys, uh, Matthews, that had been through the bands, uh, two different guys, Matthew Otto and another gentleman, I can't remember his last name, but um, yeah, I, I heard about this band through uh, one of the, the radio shows I was telling you about on XM. And um, one of the personalities just really described this band as extremely raw and personal and very tender, I guess, really because of the honesty behind the lyrics, very simple, but everything uh, that, Devin was singing um, about was his personal experiences and his personal involvement. So um, Magical Clouds, this song is probably their most popular song. And I only want to put this one up there because the way it makes me feel is after hearing so many different tracks that Devin has, uh, has sung that are so very dark and raw and, um, you know, very personal. This one here shows a different sign, uh, you know, some happiness and some excitement. Uh, the song is called Downtown. Give us some more information. Okay. Information, man. That's what the dude knows. The dude. <laughs> for, for a guy or a band that, you know, has such, um, such a, a hard time sort of being himself. Uh, I think all of his songs are very, you know, precarious. They're very, uh, they're very tender. You know, he's, he's very self-conscious. He's very unsure of himself. Um, songs like, are you alone? So blue if you're lonely. And then to have this song downtown where he's celebrating, you know, his ability to find love or his ability to show that affection. You know, when I heard this song, um, repeat, 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 I'm sure I smashed it like, you know, just thousands and thousands of times. And I want to say a shout out to a friend of mine, Rose Allen and Amber Pickett, uh, who were at the show for one of the actually really great runs that HPX had uh, before everything kind of went sideways. But I saw them play at the St. Uh, Matthew's Church there um, 
and uh, super small show, you know, just two guys, you know, the guy with the, with the Apple and then the guy with the mic. And, you know, he was on something. He was, he was definitely uh, under an altered state of consciousness. And um, it was, to me, it was, it was a great show. I, it was, I really was very happy to see them before that band, unfortunately, sort of just dissolved. Mm-hmm. What in two in twenty sixteen, I think, right? Yeah, right after this album they toured, uh there weren't any anything else after that. But they got smashes. They got other such great songs on the impersonator album as well. Bugs Don't Bud, Childhood's Childhoods End, uh two very dark, super dark songs, but man, does it ever slap you in the face. Beauty. Uh Adam. Yeah. Um musically, like mu- when it comes to the musicality, I always have so much respect for a band who keeps who has a song that um, keeps the same um, vibe the entire way through instrumentally. And then the vocals are, are, is the vocals take it everywhere it needs to go. And I, I mean the, your, your crescendos and your decrescendos happen and all that kind of stuff, but the vocals are everything in that song. And then lyrically I'm sitting here with tears in my eyes um, at the end of that thing that I didn't know magical clouds. And if I have lived in Halifax for five years, I feel like that's a bad thing to not know who magical clouds is. Um, I do now that's now in my playlist. It's a beautiful song. It is. It really is. I'm happy to hear that. Michael. I was, I'm the same as Adam in terms of, I'm very surprised. I hadn't heard of that band before. Although interestingly, when the chorus first kicked in, it sounded familiar like it kind of came back to me so I, I must have heard the song somewhere before um obviously nothing that I, I i can really recall that stands out in terms of hearing it um but i did have a look there uh, while the song was playing and that impersonator album i think was uh, one of pitchfork's tops album top albums of 2013 top 10 i think if i'm not mistaken but anyway a, a good song um it, it's the song makes me want to go and listen to more of these guys and check them out. Certainly that album for sure. Uh, lyrically, I really liked it. I'm not sure. I kept waiting for something like when we heard that cigar Rose song and it was, and, and uh, there was that sort of slow burn and the tension was building. And then there was a release almost in the song and uh, Adam's uh, song, the gentleman call a gentleman caller was, was almost the opposite. There was this big release at the beginning and then it kind of sort of um, had that, that sort of soft outro, I guess. Um, I kept waiting for something to kind of kick in in the song. Like, like I just was waiting for something to kind of come in in the song at some point and, and it never really happened. So it just felt like there was this tension all the way through and I was waiting for something to happen and it never really happened for me. I think, if I went and listened to this song again, I, I would give it a, a thumbs up, but I'm not sure in terms of tingles, if it's a thumbs up for me, initial listen, I like the song. I'm, I'm going to go check these guys out some more. I'll definitely listen to that song again, but first listen, it's not a, it's not an initial tingle song for me. I am going to go the exact opposite of Mike. That is like, for me, the tingles jam i had a, I had the tingles a minute in i was like over here oh my god this is fucking super good um i love reversed instruments and the whole thing is based around that sort of one loop that that's sort of just sort of going and uh and the organs are really interesting sounding um they feel i don't know i, I don't know if 
we used to have a in our high school band we had a thing called a farfisa i don't think it's a farfisa but it feels really um like it's got a lot of character to it um and pretty like sort of like that lo-fi sound and then there's but there's still a lot of atmosphere on the song i felt like i was listening to like michael hutchins uh from an excess there's like his vocal is really really powerful like he's got a lot of like there's a nice reverb and tail to it but he just like like adam said he sort of carries it it's a simple song but some of those are my favorite like um like that in excess song uh never tear us apart like there's it's it doesn't get huge it doesn't have this major ramp but it still gives you all the things that you want to hear there's a couple lyrics in there that i found really amazing um uh I think it's the end of the first verse where he talks about, you know, being in your arms and there's a couple other lines that I'm like, Oh man, like it just, it, it pulls, pulls something. So yeah. I mean, for me, it's a, I, I was, when I was listening to it, I was like, I'm going to, I am like you, Jimmy, I'm going to listen to this probably 5,000 times because it's one of those ones that I could just put on repeat and be like, yep, that feels great. So I am giving it a big thumbs up. Um, and so now here we are. We're we're at uh, we're at a, we're at a tie break, and we've got to go over to um, the producer, unfortunately, to uh, to talk to him about what we have to do to break it. But yes, we're going to go with uh, Mr. Nemo's opinion as the third vote. So um, it's a thumbs up, and uh, Mike, thank you for your attempt at being rude to one of our guests, but um, you're not going to get it this time. Uh, we've got we've got a thumbs up. Anything you want to say before I give him the thumbs up? Uh, an apology, perhaps. Uh, I apologize to uh, Magical Clouds and uh, to Beep, our sponsor. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. Listen, you guys are bringing it, bringing it. Um, Adam, you're up next, and if you got another haunting story about you know almost crashing in a bus, uh, you're probably <laughs> like, just what do you got? No, my next one is, um, but this one, um, is a little bit more of a, a, of an emotional one for me. Um, Glenn Hansard, who anybody who knows Glenn Hansard is just, just the best. Um, he has a song called this gift that, um, was on the set on a soundtrack of a movie that I'm forgetting the name to right now, but it's is worth it once. It, it once no, is what well, it was no, not. the once soundtrack, but this gift is off of the the movie where the little boy is a plant and he grows, and then they have to say goodbye to him at the end. And it's just awful. Um, Shit, I haven't that that's going to make me cry, but I haven't seen that. <laughs> the The Odd Life of Timothy Green oh. is the movie. Okay, yeah. Um, okay, yes. Anyway, uh, someone very special to me was going through a really bad bout of depression for a very long time. And, um, we didn't have any way out for a very long time. And one night this song came on and the lyrics in this gift without reading them, cause I'll just cry the entire time. Um, literally got, a, got, got them and got us out of it. And, uh, the only lyric I'm thinking is, uh, if you long enough and you don't give up if you're strong enough and you don't give up you'll be no harbor to the sorrow just let it go and there and actually i remember how i found out about it a guy who i used to be in a band with posted a live video of glenn hansard performing this in ireland at this outdoor concert and um 
I just listened to the lyrics and I was working at MTV at the time. I was just crying at my desk. It was unbelievable. It, it hit me like, I don't know how many other songs in my life have. Um, I could talk about it forever. We could probably just listen to it and that's it. Here we go. This is This Gift by Glenn Hansard. just let it go powerful powerful yeah i was uh jimmer yeah man uh yeah start to finish that's a great great song i know glenn glenn hanser i don't know him intimately but of course i do know his sound and i do know of him uh as a as a wonderful singer uh, the piano and that reminds me of, I'm sure a few of you will agree, uh, it sounds like the Radiohead version, uh, version, the Radiohead song, True Love Waits, the original, uh, which was acoustic oh. as opposed to the one that they just released. They did a, like a live, I think it was from um, Norway or something, which is where it was originally released. Anyway, that piano reminds me of that. And of course, immediately I'm like, okay, this is great. This is sounds amazing. Uh, I really enjoy his voice. You know, it's a, uh, has a smoky sound as he sort of ascends and it's a bit imperfect as well, uh, mm-hmm. which I, re- I really like. So, um, you know, anytime, you know, a singer can, you know, you hear that crack, you hear the little subtle miss, not so much miss, but um, you know, I guess we'll just call it an imperfection maybe, but sounds really good in my ears. So I really like that song. Yeah. His voice. I mean, his voice is so powerful. It's like the voice I've, I've always been like, oh, I wish I had a voice like Glenn Hansard. That'd be pretty sweet. Right. Uh, and he can, he can wail. And actually going back to like earlier in the show, we were talking about that Lollapalooza concert, the frames is actually one of the concerts I walked up on and Glenn Hansard was the leader of the frames. He's, he's such a like interesting dude. Uh, he seems like a, a great character. I think they're Irish, right? Yeah. He's a, he's an Irish fellow. Right. And, and, um, and the story behind once and that band was so phenomenal and it had the same momentous sort of build to it that that other song has that i really appreciate um this story about depression i think you know you know unless you're a stone you everybody's probably dealt with that in some way or another or had somebody uh in their life that has uh dealt with that so um and it can feel probably like an abyss, right? So when, when people are, how will it ever end? You know, is this the way it's going to be forever? Uh, and and those are really tough moments for both the person in it probably and also the person uh, trying to be the, the caregiver. So all those things in that song make it really powerful. And, uh, and I can only imagine uh, how that would have come across to you guys. Uh, it would have been a pretty amazing moment to to come out on the other end of that. So it's a thumbs up for me, Mike, over to you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say it's a thumbs up right off the bat. Um, I, I didn't, I'm not familiar with Glenn Hansard in terms of his solo career. Certainly um, he was uh, in The Commitments, uh, he played in the movie The Commitments. And then he, it was in the Swell Seasons, which uh, is a group that I used to listen to. In fact, when I was, 
looking at his bio there and I saw the Swell Seasons, like, God, I got some of their music somewhere. I've got to dig that out because I actually liked listening to them, but it's been years since I've listened to any of their stuff. But uh, this was a great sort of reintroduction to him and his voice. Um, reminds me a bit of, a little bit vocally of um, the Hothouse Flowers, who I played on the show before. Uh, a similar musical style a little bit, maybe not vocally, but but a bit of a similar style. Um, and I'm a sucker as well for those songs that, that have that sort of big swell in them and uh, with those sort of inspirational lyrics. And then of course you throw Adam Story in with it. And uh, you know, again, similar to the first, the first song, there's always um, the lyrics can kind of hit home for, for anybody, you know, you're, whether you're going through depression, um, you're going through some kind of a hard time. And those lyrics are, are very, um, can kind of speak to you and, and can kind of pull you out of, of, of any kind of a dark space, really um, j just feeling sorry for yourself. And you can hear that song and, and you could see that lifting you out of that, that bad mood or that dark space. So uh, definitely a thumbs up uh, for me. Yeah. I think um, there's also a couple of little moments I didn't mention. I, I wanted to mention um, the female vocals is a really yes. nice touch and yeah. unexpected. Like he yeah. gets to that and you're like, Oh, I, didn't see that coming. I don't know who the female vocalist is, but I really love that. And also, yeah, exactly. Like the the piano and the strings. It's just it's, when it's recorded nicely like that. It just it's just so great. Yeah, um, I, want, I wanted to mention that the, the female vocals as well because uh, I always like that um, where she's not just singing harmony; she's actually singing back to him, like a whole yeah. different set of lyrics in that piece. And I always like that type of. Uh, uh, I'll say formula, but that type of music um, or that style where you've got the main lyric and then the background lyric is actually almost singing back or singing a different set of lyrics kind of as a background vocal. So that, that really struck me as well. Anything else you wanted to add about that song, Adam? You know, it's really interesting because um, COVID happening, I feel like this could be a song of hope for a lot of people. Um Certainly, I, I mean, we're in Nova Scotia, we're so lucky, but there's so many places like my family's all in Ontario. Uh, Charlton Matthew is is there too. I mean, it's a it's a whole different world. We're not, over so, there. Worried about, we're not so worried about Charlton. I mean, I'm not worried about him. I'm just saying that he's in the area where the people I worry about are. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jeez, that came off really hard. <laughs> I did not mean any of that. <laughs> um, no, I, I got I just, scorched by that one. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's, he's gone. gone. Video's gone. Uh, <laughs> oh, for the record, I didn't mean any of that. Um, uh, yeah, I feel like there's been a lot of emotion going on with a lot of people that maybe they're they're stowing away because they think you know, it's not the right time to do it or whatever. I'm not a, I'm not a doctor here, but um, maybe that could be a, a, a song of hope for some people. That's a thumbs up. You're getting it. It's coming at you live. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. Where are we going guys? We're on song number three for the evening. I think we're going back to you, Jim. I believe so. Um, just as a uh, sidebar, is three is the magic number? Three is the magic number with a with a fourth uh, to to the winner, which is, I mean, you, know, knows, it, you might both get a fourth. This knows, is, you might both get a fourth. This is uh, yeah, this has been a list so far. So let's see what you got. 
Well, I'm going to swing for the fences uh, for me on this one anyway. Uh, this song um, takes me back to many family vacations, being in the back of the van with my brother, getting punched, getting kicked, getting slapped, and waiting to hear my mom change the cassette from maybe, say, Bob Seger to, say, James Taylor to possibly this guy, uh, Jimmy Buffett. Um you know, I spent so I'm you know just countless summers going to grandparents in Ontario, you know, going to PEI, going to Cape Breton, going to Florida, and just waiting for Jimmy Buffett to to hit the the cassette deck. And uh, the songs uh, you know by heart uh, is a great collection of all of his um, wonderful tracks. Uh, the song that is unequivocally his greatest song is uh, "He Went to Paris." Um, it's it's again it's a song that doesn't get heard very often doesn't get played very often doesn't really get a lot of uh, sort of recognition if you will except for when you talk about legends like bob dylan or merle haggard who both say this song is one of their top songs ever so uh this is a song about a, a real story about a war vet uh who was i believe in the korean war i believe um, his name was Eddie Balachowski. Um, he was a bartender in Chicago when Jimmy actually met up with him and uh, kind of got the story. So here we go. This is Jimmy Buffett. He went to Paris. His body was battered. His whole world was shattered. And all he could do was just cry. While the tears were falling, he was recalled. Answers he never found So he hopped on a freighter Skidded the ocean And left England without a sound Jimmy Moore, please. <laughs> I can never get through that song, I'll tell you. Um, yeah, you know, when you hear about it being a true story, you know, every one of us have their sort of, you know, um, internal desire to ask questions to find out answers to find out about your family find out about uh, a lost friend uh, you know dig deeper into to some of the questions i guess you just have about your your life and your existence and this guy you know set out his life to to go find those answers and he never does but his life experience is the same really nonetheless so for me, you know, just the context of the song, the the, the ending lyrics, uh, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, just uh, in my name being Jimmy, I guess, you know, I just have this affinity towards it one way or the other. And that song just, uh, yeah, that one gets me every time. It's a beauty. Adam. Um, I didn't want to speak out of turn, but I think I'm in love with Jimmy, like the Jimmy here. <laughs> Um, like I the, just, Jimmy, the Jimmy here. Okay, I felt like I was in the van with you on vacation listening to that song. You were punching, punching me. him in the arm, and yeah, yeah, oh, there was uh, heavy hits. Just, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, that's that's it. I wish I could give you more of an explanation. It's just it, it's Nimmo plus Nursey, not no longer Nimmo versus Nursey. Yeah, we're not against Wrong. each other. No, no, this is a duo. This is a team. <laughs> this is yeah. a we're duo. gonna start our own podcast. I was gonna say yeah. you guys might as well. <laughs> It'd be the the Ninu Ninu. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, beautiful song, beautiful song. And Mike, I'm going to go to you next because you're the 
you're you play in the space more than i do well jimmy buffett's always been a guilty pleasure of mine um i think i had a couple of his songs uh shortlisted for one of our podcasts before um he gets a bit of a bad rap these days because of his uh you know the parrot heads and uh he's commercialized himself a little bit the whole margaritaville thing um but you know if you strip that all away um he does have some good songs some interesting songs songs that have been covered by a lot of other artists you'd be surprised how many other artists have covered his songs um another song of his that i i mean i, I like margaritaville as as tacky as that sounds it's it's that whole um the image that he portrays in the songs uh even though it's kind of a that song in particular sort of a laid-back song it has that still sort of almost like a heartbreak vibe underneath it this sort of sad vibe of this guy's life a pirate looks at 40 is another song that i really like of his that has that same sort of looking back on your life um and and this is another one of those songs about sort of looking back on life and you're right he's going looking for answers um what what i had heard about this particular song is that he was um in in england during the war and that's where his his uh wife and child i think get killed during the war uh, or his wife gets killed anyway during the war um probably in the the um the the blitz when the the germans were were bombing um england in during the, the first the second world war uh and um you know it's the same kind of thing all of a sudden you're 86 and you're looking back saying i went looking for answers and i never found the answers but i've had 86 years of this life and here i am now just sort of uh winding my life down and you're sort of saying, where did my life go? But at the same time, when you're relating those experiences to people, they're saying, wow, man, like you've, you've had a, a long life. You've, you've had some experiences. I wouldn't say great experiences, but you've had some experiences in your life. And so it's the lyrics in that song. You know, we talked about uh, Sigur Rose again, to go back to them. Um, and, and the fact that you don't always understand what the lyrics are there, but musically it just grabs you. And this is one of those songs that it's the lyrics and, and some of his other songs, again, lyrically that sort of grab you um so yeah i mean i've always liked jimmy buffett like i said and this this is one of my songs on uh, uh that i have in probably my top five of his songs so uh it's a thumbs up for me for sure i'm gonna give it a thumbs up too so i will not keep the suspense i i um there's there's the there's the the paragraph and the the, the one verse in there that you're like on top of hey they call you out jim which is pretty sweet they say your name in it but the 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 the, the one section about the war taking is like it's devastating it's like crushing you're like oh my god like and you know that's real life right like it's pretty easy for everybody to walk around thinking that it's going to be perfect all the time it's not you know we're, we're there's going to be ups and downs and and all arounds and in everybody's life and so i think that's the this the sort of tragedy and the beauty in this song is it sort of summarizes all that and it's a it's a and it does have these, you know, these instruments, the pedal steel, the harmonica that are just, they, they speak that so well without saying any words at all. So uh, I love it. I think it's a, it's a great, great track. And and it's a nice uh, change from, from some of the other material we've had tonight. It's a bit of a throwback, which I love it. Uh, so if I had my Margaritaville blender here. They're only $329, by the way, at uh, Costco. <laughs> I'd be making I'm, myself three, three hundred twenty margarita. That's right a now. pretty good deal for, I mean, it's, is it, is it autographed by him? Are they all autographed? By him? Well, it's stamped autographed. Yes. 
but I'll tell Obviously, you, like, okay. But I do have to say, I, I was at, and maybe some of you guys have been there before. I was at his Margaritaville um, bar, I guess, uh, at Universal in Florida. He's got a number of these franchises now, uh, Margaritaville. It's like a restaurant bar with a big gift shop. And uh, man, he does up the, the whole um, sort of beach vibe, that tropic vibe really, really well when you walk he in does. there. Uh, it's, I mean, it's like the Disney world of, of, um, of beach bums. Throw me my <laughs> Hawaiian shirt and like a terrible pair of swim shorts. I'll, yeah. I'll eat that up. Like I will sit there all day and I'll drink margaritas. Just You'll drink that I'll listen to that so song. You don't blow out your flip flop. I'm fine <laughs> with it. I'm totally fine with it. Um, so thumbs up to Jimmy Buffett. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. There's a whole lot of tears coming tonight, all for the right reasons, man. Holy shnikes. What's next? Adam, you are up next. I don't know how you follow that. <clears throat> and I'm going to have more of an uplifting um, based on my last song. Um, I'm going to paint a picture for you. Um, I'm going back to my old arts and crafts days. Uh, and I was lucky enough to tour a few times with stars from Montreal. And uh, yeah, so... We go to Europe and this is at a time where backstory here is I've already kind of made the decision that I'm going to leave the band. I'm not happy. I'm having nervous breakdowns every day. Life wasn't great. And looking back at it, I probably should have just maybe slapped myself in the face a little bit because it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> so we're in Vienna, Austria. The day starts with getting out of the van outside of the venue and I say, no, screw this. I don't want to go inside of the venue right now. Steve Ramsey, who's now in Young Galaxy, and Chris Seligman in Stars, his brother Aaron, was the merch guy. We say, let's just put some shorts on and let's just go find a basketball court. And we just wandered through Vienna, have no idea where we're going. We cut through catwalks and everything, and we get to this basketball court with chain link uh, meshes. And we're having the greatest time. And then all of a sudden, these local Vienna kids can't speak English, come and we play a pickup game of basketball. It was like the greatest way to start a day. I always we kind want of... to play the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. Were you the there? bouncy, bouncy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, whenever I was on the road, like, you know, uh, I never did the touristy things. I always wanted to feel like I lived there and that was kind of the ultimate thing to do. Fast forward to the show. Um, you know, like I said, I'm kind of down. I'm, I'm kind of, I have one foot out the door. Uh, we so play our show. Just not to, not to interrupt you, but I am going to interrupt you. So just, <laughs> you know, I'm thinking I'm in Vienna, Austria. I'm on tour. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what your mindset was in terms of like what was going on that was bothering you so much that time? Like to me, I'd be like, oh God, look at me. I'm in Vienna. So selfie. I know <laughs> my, my mom, my mom tells me the same thing every time I talk to her about this, you know, the road does weird things to you. Mm. Um, being away from home, I guess. And yeah. Being away from home. Same people girl, all the time. My girlfriend and now my wife who's upstairs, she was in school in Philadelphia at the time. So mm. we were very distant, but we knew we were going to move in together. So there was a lot of missing home. There was right. a lot of, um, there was a lot of turmoil internally with the band mm -hmm. Um, whether it was really warranted or not, you know, you're a drama, drama, dramatic person when you're going through so much in a van with six other people right. all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, you lose sight of how cool what you were doing was 
uh, and you just kind of get caught up on the draw in the drama mm. of it. Um, so that's where I was. That was yeah, my second, that was my second last tour with the band. Um, anyway, we're in, we're in Vienna and we play our show kind of a preface to that is that night we're finishing our set and I collapsed after hitting uh, the, my last note on the drums. I like, I had this crazy chest pain. I thought I was having a heart attack. Turns out I didn't. I was like curled up for curled up for probably five minutes. Couldn't move. Then all of a sudden, yeah, everything was cool. So it was really <laughs> weird. I went going back to kind of almost seeing death to my first song that happened. And then, so this show was perfect. You know, for anybody who's played in bands, your monitor guy on the side stage is your best friend when you're a drummer. And the monitor guy was so good that night that we hugged after our set. <laughs> so the vibe in this venue was so cool. It was probably three to 500 people in this concrete warehouse. Stars goes and plays, and I watched the entire set on side stage. The story with that tour is Stars has a song called The First Five Times. Mm, lyrically it. it's not you know it, it, it the lyrically it doesn't tie itself to me but what happened on this night changed me forever so again i am you know ready to leave the band i'm ready to quit music and stars finishes their set and then the tradition with stars is they would go off stage and then they would go into a huddle side stage while everyone was screaming one more song so they would get prepped for their encore or whatever i just you know being me i walked up to them curled under the huddle so that I was in the middle of it. And I was like, you got to remember it. So you don't remember. Cause I haven't told you this yet. But when, <laughs> when stars was playing, there was a guy about three or four rows back who had his hand on his heart, eyes closed, dancing, singing to every word that stars was singing that night. And I, and I don't know why I was captivated by this guy, but I thought this guy is special. So I went into the huddle and I looked up at them and I was like, guys, do you mind if I bring someone up on stage tonight? Because every night when they would play the first five, the first five times, most Serena Republic would go on and play shakers and tambourines and stuff like that. So we go on stage, they start playing first five times. And I immediately just look at the guy and I point at him and I have two shakers, two shakers in my one hand. And I look at point at him and he doesn't do anything because why would this guy be pointing at him? And I was like, no, you and I point at him again and he looks at me and he points at himself. He's like, me? I was like, yes, you come here. <laughs> and then he's like, no, 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 I can't do that. I said, you come here. And then he came to the front of the stage. I grabbed his hand. I picked him up. I gave him a shaker. And the first five times played out in whole. And we just danced together and played the shakers together. And then at the very end of the song, it just bam on the one, it just ends. Mm -hmm. And then the both of us at the exact same time just bear hug each other and hold each other <laughs> as tight as possible. And he yells into my ear. He can't even speak English. He yells into my ear. Thank you. And I yell into his ear. No, thank you. Cause that guy made me survive in music. That guy single-handedly kept me going for probably four months after that. Wow. And I was able to do two more, one more tour, two more tours, but that guy, he, he, he may tell that story to other people because stars is his favorite band right. and he tells his friends that story. But what he doesn't realize is that I'll tell that story to anybody who will listen yeah. because that guy changed my <laughs> life. He made me realize that music is one of the most important things in the entire universe. And it really put me in my place for even that little bit of time. That guy is the man don't know his name. Don't know where he's from, probably Vienna, but he, uh, <laughs> he's just, yeah, that was a special moment. So the first five times, just every time I hear that song, I'm brought back to why music is so important. 
Yeah, really. Shout out to a guy in Vienna. Yeah, right. <laughs> He's probably telling the story like this guy kept pointing at me, and I was like, "What? You want me to up the stage? You gave me the shake, bothering like, me." Okay, yeah. I was about to leave. Uh, I was about to leave. Yeah, I was trying to get out of there and beat the traffic, and he's like, yeah, up here. "Fucking like, encores." Oh. Yeah, I got to go up on stage. <laughs> then he hugged me, and I was like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I think we got to listen to it the first five times by Stars. Here we go. That's the first five times by stars. Jimmy, it's going over to you. Yeah, so I am a, I'm a fan of, uh, of stars. Yeah, I uh, Broken Social Scene and, and all of the derivatives of that, uh, that familia. Um, you know, Torquil and Amy are just a great, you know, sort of one-two male-female combo. Um, you know, they've got so many great uh, performances together. Uh, I was able to see them when they played the bottom of the hill here, you know, I guess probably 10 years ago now, I guess, but um i could definitely i'm see you dancing actually to this uh, totally after hearing the story and and totally feeling you know where you would be at that point absolutely um i could totally see you guys just uh totally losing yourself and and, and really enjoying that so uh great uh, great song yeah michael you're up i've been a fan of stars for uh well probably since this album set yourself on fire um love the whole concept of that album it's almost uh at least I've always envisioned envisioned that album as sort of a song cycle of uh, of a relationship. You know, you the, it, the song at the beginning of the album is is kind of like when you're watching a movie and they show you sort of the end at the beginning, like what where they are now. Um, they sort of pass as friends, uh, but but the whole album is is great. It's a song cycle of a relationship, essentially of of first love, and this is one of those songs. Like the first five times we. Um, uh, probably had uh, some kind of sexual relation relations. I don't know if relations. we're allowed to use bad words on the show. <laughs> so, uh, but you know, it's when you can kind of use your own imagination as what the first five times are. No, no, no. Mm. Tell us more, Mike, please. Can you well, when a man <laughs> loves a woman, um, no. Uh, and actually it could be anybody loves anybody. Yeah, really. this, this is true. Yeah. See, yeah. there you go. Like it. Fair statement. Better but, uh, I, I've always really liked that album and, and this is the album that got me into stars and I've, I've been a fan of theirs ever since I saw this show on Citadel Hill as well. Um, and I don't know if anybody remembers when they played the pop explosion and they were in the Olympia or is it the Olympic, the Olympic, uh, the Olympic bingo hall, hall um, yeah. on Canard street. And there were so many people trying to get in that they actually came out and played in the parking lot. So they played in and oh, they did their, wow played inside and they did their encore outside in the parking lot because there were people waiting to get into the show that couldn't get in. Um, Very cool. Re really. I mean, it's, they're one of those bands. We've talked about this on the show before. Some of these bands that they're, they're popular, but you're just, you wonder why like the Deers is another band. You know, I always wonder why they never had a, a larger audience and a larger sort of more popular um uh, sort of mainstream popularity, I guess. Uh, anyway, I love that song, and when when you the the story that you tell associated with that song, and um, 
even some of the um, um, that that whole idea of that album is what really gets me with the song in, in terms of this that, that, that whole album from top to bottom and the way it fits together. Um, the story of a relationship we've all been in relationships like that where you go through this like infatuation and everything's so great at the beginning and then at the end you're sort of passing each other as strangers you know um so love it thumbs up adam you've lived a life that most you know aspiring musicians would dream of right <laughs> you had those opportunities and i know you're not complaining and and like i i am sure when you're in those moments they're really hard, right? And because you're 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 young, like uh, like I can't I, I can only imagine based on my own experience where uh, you know been in bands where we all, all get fed up with each other and we haven't even fucking left the city. You know what I mean? Like I can only 30, 40 people, screaming, thirty or forty people. You're, you're not touring with like great acts like the stars. You're not touring with anybody. You're just like hammering away. I, like it is so cool that you've had those experiences and so cool that you've had them with bands that like i was listening to like i loved um i really loved the stars album heart uh elevator uh love letter was one of the songs that's been on my list and i can't even believe i haven't played it now i'm like now i can't play a star song but that would be the stars <laughs> song for me um and that that was a wicked record and then this came out and it was it's got like so many great songs on it uh ageless beauty is another one um calendar girl like there's just and they're so great together those two are so great together i've seen i saw them in toronto um at, oh my gosh what's the place called i'm trying to remember the name of the, the venue but it was incredible like they were just they were just so fun and i remember that bass line from the song that you just played coming out through the speakers and it's huge and it just sounded so great so i can only imagine when you guys were there as a group with this person who was, you know, either a huge fan or trying to get out of the building, who knows? Um, that would have been so cool. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot I love about that. Is it the stars song that I would have chosen? Probably not. Do I really like it? I I I really like it, uh, and I it's Me because too. I like a lot of stars songs. You know, um, your story about basketball. There's something weird about that because. Uh, some of my like i have two memories right one's recent one's from a long time ago when i was 13 i was in france i think i told this story on on the tingles before he only has called... two memories and he tells them this over and over this is and the over. only this is the only two because <laughs> yeah. when, when i go Saigon and whatever this is going <laughs> to <Yeah>. be <laughs> when i get when i get a new one i have to take one out right so but this one was playing basketball with some french kids in Honfleur when i was like 13 or 12 and I remember, like, it's the something about playing sports in a different place with other people that is really, really fun and cool. And the, and it happened again in, in New York a couple of years ago when I was in New York. I played basketball on the like the harbor front. And I'll never always remember that. And like, uh, there's something cool about bonding with people on that. Anyways, that's besides the point. It's a great song. It's a great. It's a it's a great band. And I'm gonna have to give it another fucking thumbs up. When you feel a tear in your eye. Then it's okay, it's okay to cry. Um, okay, so that's wonderful. That's fucking great. We still haven't got the thumbs down played, and that's okay. So so do we just go with uh, four songs each? Like I don't think we have a choice. Each? Yeah, we're, I think we got to go. We gotta so. go for, a, for a double whammy. 
Hey. And the dog wants a song. So yeah, the song, it's either the in this situation, that, right? it's a double whammy or it's beep-related trivia. So it's your guys' <laughs> choice. Beep-related trivia. Okay. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think we'll go with the double whammy. But thanks again, Charlton and Matthews, for all your input tonight. It's been great. It's been really great. Okay. So um, with that, Jimmy, uh, you were the first song. Let's give you the the your, you know, second to last song okay uh, what do you got so i am going to um i guess at the uh possibility or risk of getting a thumbs down oh i'm good. doing take her, i'm take doing this i'm doing this because i couldn't help but notice that there is one single uh unless i missed something but there's only one hip-hop song on all of the you know what the dozen or more 14 or 13 episodes it's a terrible it's a terrible yeah you know it's a terrible yeah, percentage not good uh and and i think it was actually the producer who played the song i hate to give him any kind of credit but i think he actually played one of the very few hip-hop songs on the show well, you don't, i suggested you don't have to it to say him, that but though, he Mike. played just, it yeah. i was going to play it and he stole it well, I'm, I'm going to add, uh, add a song to that uh, genre. Um, this one for me and all of the other um, copious amounts of listeners who uh, at one point or another have listened to this rapper um, can totally appreciate that if you're going to go for lyrics and language, and in this case, slanguage, uh, there is no greater uh, representative than the man they call E-40. So in 1997, I believe, possibly 96, 97, uh, he released an album called The Hall of Game. And uh, I was fortunate enough to have a set of wheels or access to a set of wheels. So, you know, when you have a set of wheels or access to a set of wheels, you're always driving. So therefore, you're also always being able to choose the music you want to listen to as long as your shotgun uh, personnel are following the rules uh, of shotgun privileges. So um, those are important rules. Very important. You can't break them. You understand what they are and you must yeah. uh, the dude abides, right? What else can I say? <laughs> uh, that album uh, has a lot of guest appearances, a lot of uh, great tracks, a lot of, uh, you know, sort of varying songs. Uh, I am a very big hip hop guy. So for me, there was no better feeling than me and my boys rolling up and saying, who's got five, you got five, you got five, you got five. All right. We got five for the tank. We got five for the herb. Um, we got great music to listen to. And when everybody was together, we were in the, you know, we were in the right spot, the right time. It was always, you know, the request was uh, ring it by E40. Um, and this takes me back to when I'm rolling with the boys and we are just hanging, smoking, getting up to no good. Uh, two of my best friends from high school, best friends from childhood are no longer with me. Uh, both died, uh, very prematurely. And all I can think of was when this song is just the smiles on their faces, us just, you know, just rolling up and down Sackville Drive, rolling up and down, uh, you know, Spring Garden Road, doing whatever it is, wherever we are, and popping on Ring It by E40. Yeah, your nine one one of me to death. What's all that for? Stop my humans is wielding page, then page on the overflow. Who's handling with all that old bullshit? Is it really all that damn serious? You're draining the hell out my battery, got your pride in the thinking curious. Cause in the Y-E-A-A-R-E-A, the game ain't constipated. Constipated. Bucking around in the golden state where the game originated. Originated. These scandalous used to be squares, be turning vicious. Hit me on my pager, hit me if it's major. If it's major, hit me on my pager. Ring it, ring it, ring it, ring it. 
That's fun, Jimmy. I want to be in that car, man. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you can just imagine, you know, all the guys just, you know, having fun, carrying on, you know, just who's who's got a cell phone at that point, right? Who's got a pager? Mm. You know, like it's, you know, a few people might have them, but you know, you're just like, man, these guys are badass. It's so it's so beautifully dated. Like, yeah, I love that. It's like it's it's the pager thing, and like the phones are ringing in the background. None of it sounds like today at all. You wouldn't ever <laughs> say that ever any of it. Like, but what is it? Nineteen ninety six. Ninety six or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I and I've never heard I've never heard this song, Adam. That was perfect. Um, I think like that brought me back to being seventeen years old in my buddy's Rav Four driving in like suburban southern ontario you know driving in the forest and that was like we just listened to music like that it was perfect it brought me right back to it that was really cool um that era is the type of hip-hop that that really resonates with me and i can picture our friends you know doing the same shit you know running around and that's like a time in your life where you can do whatever the hell you want and nobody's asking too many questions. And if you go out and you buy like a Delicio pizza and drink a bunch of beer and, and like, that's, you know, that's the night. And maybe you go out and you find some girls to hang out as well. Like it's pretty innocent times and uh, it was great. So that's, uh, that took me back there. Big fan. Thank you. Uh, Mike. It's sort of the equivalent. I mean, first uh, disclaimer, I'm, I'm not a big hip-hop guy i i like there are songs i like there are artists that i like but uh, i don't it's not typically a space that i i play in a lot um but it sort of takes me back to in my era it would have been like beastie boys uh um rob bass i remember yeah. listening to rob bass a lot and dj easy too. rock uh yeah exactly uh in fact he was supposed to play a concert here in halifax um at the halifax forum and at the last minute, he bailed. He didn't show up for the show. So um, I forget who actually was on the bill with him. But the other artist came and played. But he was supposed to be the headliner. And he never showed up. Probably the same kind of deal. He's probably like Halifax. Like, I don't even know where this place is. You know, yeah. I'm not going up there. So never showed up. Anyway, um, it's, it's a fun song. It's not a tingle song for me. Um, but it, it's a fun song. And I, I can certainly appreciate the cruising around in a car like for us, it was the same kind of deal. Like we had a couple of guys that, that had their own cars and uh, Friday night, well, or sometimes Thursday night or Wednesday night, whatever night of the week it happened to be. Um, I think Tuesday night was about the only night we didn't go out and, and Sunday night <laughs> because the bars were closed really. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, we would go out pretty much every night of the week and somebody would pick us up and be like, yep, let's go. You know, who's got the money for the beer? Who's got money for uh, gas and let's go. And uh somebody would have a cassette and they would play something. And, and that, like, I remember a friend of mine was sort of into hip hop and, and Rob bass was his favorite. So I, I can certainly appreciate that, that sort of feeling and the, the, the memory of being with those guys and, and having that good time and just no care in the world, you know, like there's no responsibility. You didn't have to be anywhere the next morning. It's just, let's go have a good time. Let's drive around, uh, waving out the windows and, um, uh, it was a lot of fun. Tingles song for me, probably not, but um, it was fun. It, it you know brought back memories for sure. Yeah, I've got broad shoulders. That's okay. Um, th- I think it's probably a thumbs up. Yeah, let's thumbs it up. Sure. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry.
Well, we're down to a final song of the evening. Guys, this has been a treat. Adam, you're up. You've got one more to go. What do you got for us, brother? So this seems predictable, but I'm going back to the arts and crafts days and I'm going to play a song by Broken Social Scene. So just like Stars, we were able to tour a bunch with Broken Social Scene and I got to learn a lot about what it is like to be a musician from a band like them. Um, the crazy thing with this is, you know, I have fond memories of, you know, my original days of double drumming. The first double drumming I ever did was with Justin Paroff and we would play seven, four shorelines every night on, on tour together. And it was the coolest thing. Cause I always had a second drum kit set up right beside him. Um, and I remember we were playing seven, four shorelines one night and I was playing like this weird seven, four beat. And then when we were off the show that night, he said, Adam, yeah, yeah, that was fun. Don't ever fucking do that again. And I was like, what did I do? He's like, you just played the weirdest shit and it threw me off big time. So then I learned how to kind of be disciplined because I was taking their hit. That was a radio hit at the time and just fucking it up. Anyways, that's a side story. The real story. <laughs> that guy is, from Vienna is trying to dance to it. And he's like, what the that, hell is that's this That's right. <laughs> he doesn't know what move to make. He's into it. Right, shake on the seven or the one, two, three, um, four, seven. <laughs> so the cool thing about this song is that I hadn't heard it until recently. So I thought I knew the entire Broken Social Scene catalog and uh, I kind of stepped away from it for a while. And then this song came up on a playlist one day and I thought, oh my God, this is the perfect song. So the song is called Halfway Home and it is just a straight up indie rock banger from start to finish. The vocals are perfect. The musicality is perfect. The the crescendos, the ending of this song with the horns and Justin just doing like the straight up, dun, 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 like it's just so powerful. So, um, you know, it's pretty cool to be able to play my fourth song on a band that I kind of like grew up listening to and spent a lot of time with, but then also play a song that I didn't even know existed up until not too long ago. So here we go. Halfway Home by Brogan Social Scene. Fuck, that's good. It's so good. Doesn't it just hit all the points? Oh man, it's like it's uh it's the perfect way to end this show. Um Adam, go ahead. You guys talk. I'm I'm just gonna sit over here. I'm gonna think about listening to that again. Uh Adam, what you got? Jimmy, what you got? Go ahead, Jimmy. Uh well, uh you just can't really say a bad thing about broken social scene, can you? Um a, I, I think I saw them play that. Like I guess they had just released Hug of Thunder. Um, they played a show at the Fort York grounds uh, late. Uh, it was like maybe a, an August show or something like that. Uh, it was like I can't remember what they had called it, but uh, I happened to be in Toronto at that that same weekend. I ended up going to see them play. Obviously, I've seen them play a couple of times uh, as well. Um, I just I love them. That song's great. Had all the originals. Uh, members on it uh you know just a great uh, great song yeah great album 
It's really funny because that era, because I think you might be talking about the Field Trip Festival. Yeah, there you go. Thank yeah. you, Field Trip. There yeah. you go. Bingo. That's so, exactly what it was. Yep. Um, when I left the band, because I was like totally over-emotional about everything in life, it felt like I had broken up with someone, and it took me a really long time. Like I took a very long time away from that music. And I realized that that song was released a really long time ago, and it's like the world was saying, shame on you for – not paying attention because I've only had that song in my life for like a year now. And it just brings me so much joy. I feel like I could have had years of joy with that song and I just wasted those years. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I loved broken social scene. Uh, you forgot it in people. I've, I played lover spit. I think that was one of my songs on, on one of the tingles episodes. And I always wanted them to have more success. Like, like I feel like they started everything in Canada and then um, a bunch of other bands sort of continued it on. So maybe sort of like along the lines of like the Strokes in, in New York and then and then like Interpol and everything else that sort of came on after. It was like they, they, they were the spark that sort of got it all moving. Uh, and, and Adam, maybe you've got a different perspective being in that scene so closely, but that's what it felt like for me anyways, looking at it from the inside or the outside in. Well, it's um, interesting because I toured with the Strokes too, and that band, I completely agree with you because when I toured with them, they had already played a tour where they played the Air Canada Centre in Toronto, but when I played with them, it was the Rico Coliseum. So you right. could tell that things were just kind of doing this. Such a good band. Yeah. But you could tell that other bands were doing this as they were doing that, but they were the foundation of that era, you know? And is that is that how it felt with Broken Social Scene too? Like, was that sort of what happened? I mean, obviously there were so many artists that came out of that. I think we heard like Feist was in, in this recording, I'm pretty sure, right? Like, um, what what did that feel like? Like, was it, was it like that? No, not even close. And, and I can see where the last years where I wasn't involved in it anymore, where it could have felt like that. But I mean, we played Toronto Island with them and I wa and I sat on stage and I played tambourine to almost crimes in front of 7,000 people screaming their heads off. Like broken social scene was important yeah. when I toured with them. And, and that's how I always kind of want to keep them in my heart because whether they died or whether they, you know, are just kind of existing now, I'm not sure. But in my head, that like the the sweaty, crammed venues in Europe and North America, I got to do with them. It just it was really it was a special time. Like that's oh five oh six where they were, like the self titled record came out, and they were still playing all the you forgotten people stuff and beehives and everything. And it was it was perfect, man. It they were just so good. Yeah, like it's uh like i think it's important canadian stuff like for me it was the, like these they were so fucking cool <laughs> like everything about it the idea of having that many people on stage um and the the talent that just came from from that space it was just it was everything was in it and it was so exciting and like um, you said think of the bands that spawned out of broken social scene like oh, think about the people who have careers now because of what they started with. Um, and, and to think about like Kevin drew, you know, think of the things he's accomplished. He was the guy with Gord Downey on his, on his record, you know, like yeah. he, it just, it, it, yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah. It, it, I remember being in, well, we moved to Toronto like mid two thousands and just rehe we rehearsed in a space that Feist and, 
her band would go to and rehearse. And I was, I just always thought I was like, Oh my God, we're in the same spot as them. This is crazy. Like just being so excited about being around that type of talent. And uh, Toronto was a really important spot back then. Like there was a lot of great music that came out and, you know, obviously most serene being one of those guys. And uh, yeah, it's really cool to be that close to it for you. That book, uh, the book is not, or yeah, the book is not broken, I believe. Yeah, that that's a great read uh, to kind of give you like the the adhesion, I guess, of how that, uh, you know, that all really came together. Great story about, you know, scraping together this and that, you know, putting things together. Uh, I really enjoyed that book and it gave me a really good perspective of where they were all ready to, you know, sort of blossom at their own time. They just happened to be, you know, together as that collective. It was really cool to kind of witness that firsthand um, because you didn't really know at the time what you were being a part of and, and to look back at it now, it was, it was really cool. Yeah. You're right. You hit the nail on the head. Just like that, that little spot in time was really special. And the things that it created is pretty cool. I, I like that song halfway home. I can't say that I got the tingles from it. Again, maybe it's one of those songs I'll have to listen to it a, a couple of times. Uh, but off the bat, sort of initial listen, I, I didn't I didn't get the tingles from that song. Good song, great story. Love the stories around the band. Love all this uh, sort of. Uh, uh, and you're right, they were very influ- influential and have been very influential in, in the Canadian music scene, and uh, have, have spawned a lot of similar bands. Again, we mentioned earlier, um, even Stars and. Uh, the deers and, and that whole genre of music and um, era of music. Um, a lot of that, I think uh, owes its, its, uh, its beginnings, or at least it's, it's, um, it's being to broken social scene and what they've, they sort of brought to the Canadian music industry. Uh, they opened a lot of doors for a lot of artists, I think, but I, I'm probably in terms of tingles, a thumb down, thumbs down. Yeah. I give it a thumbs up. Uh, Duder. Uh, Jimmy, you get the the split the vote, and uh, I think you've already given it a thumbs up. Yeah, it's a thumbs up for sure. And uh, I think like I I feel Adam on this one big time because you know they had been sort of like here existing. You know, like uh, the 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 headliner shows have sort of come and gone. You know, all the the real um, sort of stick stickiness of the broken social scene at that point is sort of kind of coming on. And then of course they announced that there's going to be a new album and that song for, you know, that, um, you know, I think that was like sort of the, uh, the title track or the, uh, the, the single off it, I guess anyway, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I feel Adam on this one. It's, it's, it's bringing you right back to self-titled feel good or not, uh, feel good loss, but, um, uh, you've forgotten people like you took you right to that place. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it's got a good vibe. Okay, well, we're, we're light. Listen, Mike, it's okay to be uh, the lone man over there. We're yeah, going to still a curmudgeon tonight, haven't I? We're going <laughs> to give you. A, we're going to give you a thumbs down in a second if you keep it up. No, I'm just kidding. We need we more raw bass and less broken <laughs> social scenes. DJ, easy rock. When you feel a tear in your eye, then it's okay. It's okay to cry. It was a pleasure having you guys on the show. I hope you enjoyed your experience of rehashing some of these songs. You guys, I, you guys killed it tonight. Like this was great in terms of the, uh, the, the varied music that you guys brought tonight. Um, some new artists that, uh, new to me artists, I would say, uh, certainly new songs that I hadn't heard before. 
uh, and even some old favorites like Jimmy Buffett stars, like great stuff. Um, really good mix of music tonight. Uh, lots of interesting stories um, for our first show of the new year in kind of a, a new format that we're trying out. I thought it was awesome. This versus uh, format really worked out tonight. Guys, absolute pleasure having you on. Take care. Good to see you guys. Guys, that was really a blast. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. Pleasure. So because our producer doesn't pay us any money and we're essentially chained to our microphones, we require help. Isn't that right, Mike? That's right, Bob. None of this would be possible if it wasn't for the generous donation of time by our rock star audio engineer, Pat Tiani. And I guess we should probably thank the producer. Oh, man, do we have to thank him? Well, I guess we better. Okay, well, if you enjoy this podcast, do us a solid. Tell your friends, your family, your wife, your husband, your aunts, your uncles, your mistress, your mister. That guy with the really bad dandruff that sat in front of you in English class in junior high. You get the idea. Subscribe, rate, and write us a good review. Maybe we'll finally be able to eat something other than Katie and Mr. Noodles. And beep, Bob. Don't forget the beep. Gotta drink that beep. If you've made it to the end of this podcast, that would suggest you've enjoyed it, which is awesome. Please do us a solid and review it or share it with your music buddies and anyone who may be interested in a lighthearted review of some of the songs that have impacted so many over the years. Until next time, keep tingling.